Welcome back to the OU Shnai Mikro Project and our study of Parshat Vayera. This is Menachem Liptag, and in today's year we study the second Aliyah, beginning with Perik Yudchet, Pasik Tetvav, chapter 18, verse 15. Sarah denied the accusation that the Malach of God had told Abram Avinu, asking him, why is Sarah laughing? Does she not believe that God can indeed do this miracle? So Sarah denied that she was laughing, and she said, no, I was not laughing. And then Chumash inserts a comment, Ki Yarea, explaining to the reader why was it that Sarah denied, even though she indeed laughed, because she was afraid. Either that means she was afraid of being accused by God for not believing. It could be that she didn't realize yet that these Malachim were sent by God. And therefore, maybe she was afraid that she would embarrass them by laughing. The second half of the Pasuk is very difficult. It ends with, Vayomer lo kitzachak. He said to her, No, indeed you did laugh. The question is, who is chastising Sarah, telling her, no, you're lying, you did laugh? The simplest explanation is that the senior malach representing God, who had spoken to Avram Avinu since Pasuk Gimel, I know you were laughing, and sort of saying, don't lie to me. But that's rather strange. Why would a malach have to chastise Sarah? What's so terrible about being bewildered and being amazed by such a prediction? The other possibility that Sforno and Ramban suggest is that it's not God talking to Sarah, but rather it's Avram Avinu talking to Sarah. And Avram, realizing that these men are actually angels and sent by God, he knows they're telling the truth. Sarah may not be aware yet of this news about her having a baby. And when these two guests come by and say, your wife is going to have a baby, she's bewildered and she's laughing. So she doesn't know this is indeed the word of God. And Avram tells her, no, you indeed laughed. And that's the proof that these indeed are malachim, because they know what you're thinking inside. It's not quite clear why Chumash goes out of its way to tell us this conversation between Avram and Sarah or between the Malach and Sarah and why are we so interested in knowing whether or not Sarah was laughing, whether she believed the news or not. That's a difficult question. However, there's no doubt this concept of laughter, of tzchok, is very basic in the entire idea of the birth of Yitzchak. Recall back in chapter 17, Avram's first reaction was laughter when Elohim told him that he's going to have a son. In fact, the Malach of Elohim told Avram Avinu not only is it not a laughing matter, but his name is going to be Yitzchak. Here in this story, in chapter 18, we again emphasize this laughter of Sarah, and God's saying, no, it's nothing to laugh about. And the very fact that his name is Yitzchak tells us that this concept of laughter or bewilderment is very basic to his very birth. I'd like to suggest an idea which may relate to the difference between Avram and Yitzchak, which we'll see in the parshiot that will follow. Avram is known as a pioneer. He begins something new. Later, we're going to see in the stories of Yitzchak, Yitzchak doesn't do much more than Avram ever did. We have many stories where in the life of Yitzchak, he's repeating many of the things that happened to his father. The way this is usually explained and understood is Avram is a pioneer. In contrast, the main job of Yitzchak will be continuity. Not to start something new, not to be a pioneer, but to take what Avram Avinu did and stabilize it and maintain it. In starting a company, there's always the people with the great ideas in starting something new, but then the difficulty always begins in the next generation or the next stage when we have to take something that someone else already accomplished and began and to make sure that we have continuity. Whether an idea is powerful, as Avram Avinu suggests, the belief in one God and this idea of ethical monotheism, for one man to do it, maybe it is possible. To continue that from one generation to the next, that may be the idea behind the name of Yitzchak. Sometimes laughter is caused because people belittle others or making fun of them. Sometimes laughter is caused by amazement. It's something really possible. But if men did not dream, if they did not consider the impossible, if they were not perplexed and bewildered, by great ideas, then there would never be any motivation to actually actualize them and make them happen. And it may be, that might be the deeper meaning of Yitzchak, the ability to continue something, 
even though it appears it's almost impossible to continue it, indeed, the bewilderment and the surprise and the questioning whether something can be done, Judaism tells us, indeed, it can be done. It has to be recognized it's a difficult job. Knowing that it is possible may be the idea that's conveyed in the name of Yitzchak following Avram Avinu, the forefather of our nation. Pasek Tedvav concludes the story of Avram and the angels and the birth of Yitzchak. And now we have the transition from the story of the birth of Yitzchak to the story of the destruction of stone. Pasek Tedzayin. The men go up and they take a look over the area of stone. From here, it's quite clear that from Elonei Mamre in the hills of Hebron, it's possible to see the area of stone. Several years from now, we're going to see that very same idea where Avram is going to stand and see the destruction of stone when he gets up in the morning. Avram accompanies them to send them away. From here, we have the famous halacha that when someone has guests, it's commendable to accompany them to the door and maybe even past the door to send them away in a nice fashion. And once again, we see the value of Hachnas HaTorchim being emphasized by the Chumash as we discussed in yesterday's share. In that share, we emphasized how even though Brit Milah seems to be a one-sided covenant where God is promising Abraham he will have a son named Yitzchak and he will continue that covenant, the introduction to Brit Milah began with God's commandment to Abraham Avinu, B'Shem Yudke Vavke, Hitalech Lefanai V'yet Tamim, Therefore, it's meaningful that at the same time when Yudke Vavke appears to him in Perik Yudchet and promises him that Sarah indeed will have a child, that promise goes hand in hand with Avram Avinu's exemplary behavior, especially in relation to Achnasat Rochim. This topic is going to be emphasized once again in the Psukim, which we're going to read in a few minutes. The main topic of today's Aliyah is undoubtedly the story of the destruction of stone and Avram's prayer to try to prevent that destruction. And everyone knows the famous question, why is it that Avram Vinu for his own son doesn't pray, but for the wicked city of Stone, he's willing to pray? We're going to study these psukim carefully in today's share, and we're going to see not an answer to that question, we're actually going to see why that may not even be a question. Because the decision to destroy Stone, to our surprise, has not been made yet. Let's begin by taking a look at Pasuk Yudzayin, and the very peculiar manner of how Chumash speaks to the reader. Pasuk Yudzayin, Vashem Amar, God had said, am I going to hide from Avram Avinu what I'm about to do? Notice that this is not God speaking to Avram Avinu. Rather, this is the narrator of Chumash speaking to us. The reader needs to know information in order to understand what's going to happen in the next story. And before Chumash can tell us the conversation between God and Avram Avinu in regard to Stom, there's three psukim that give the background that make that story important. So now, Chumash tells the reader, God had said to himself, can I hide from Avram Avinu what I'm about to do? One would expect the reason why Avram must hear about what's going to happen is because his nephew Lot is living in that city. However, the reason the Chumash gives is very different and very fundamental to our understanding for why Avram Avinu was chosen. Pasuk Yitchet, as we read this Pasuk, I want to make sure you recognize how it echoes the opening lines of Parshat Lech Lecha when God first commanded Avram Avinu to make Aliyah. And Avram Avinu is destined to become a great and powerful nation. And through him, there will be blessing to all the nations of the land. In the opening Pasuk of Lech Lecha, we had almost the same words. There God told Avram Avinu, And in the end of Pasuk Gimel, it said, There, God promised Avram Avinu that he would become a great nation, and bring blessing to all the nations of the earth. But it never explained to the reader for what purpose had God chosen Avram Avinu in the first place. 
Chumash never tells us either why Avram Avinu over anyone else. The Medrash fills that in beautifully. But even more important, out of nowhere, Chumash begins the story of God picking Avram Avinu and doesn't give us the reason for why he was chosen. Now when you analyze the book, one could assume that the reason for God choosing a nation relates to the fact that in the first 11 chapters of Breshit, God is constantly unhappy with mankind's behavior and always does something about their sins. But now that God had already promised never to destroy mankind again, as he promised in the covenant after the flood in Brit HaKeshet, what is God going to do when things go wrong? God is going to choose a nation that will represent him, that hopefully will fix mankind and lead them in the right direction. That idea which could be assumed through thematic analysis of the book, in the following Pasuk, is finally going to be stated explicitly. Pasuk Yotet. Ki edativ, leman asher yitzabed banav vedbeito acharav, veshamru derech Adonai lasot tzedaka umishpat, leman havi Adonai al Avraham, Let's read this passage carefully because it contains some very fundamental information in regarding why Avram Avinu was chosen. Kiyadativ does not mean that God knows, but rather that God has come to know him. Rashi explains Kiyahaptiv because I've loved him. That's based on Psukim in chapter 10 in Sefer Tvarim from Pasuk Yudbet through Pasuk Yudzayin verses 12 through 17 in chapter 10 in Tvarim where Moshe Rabbeinu explains to the nation that it was out of love that God chose our forefathers to be the nation to serve Him. Here Chumash is explaining why was it that God came to know Avram Avinu. To know someone in the biblical sense is to have an intimate relationship. Just like marriage is referred to in the same manner we use the same verb to explain how God has come to know His people, the people of Israel, because He enters a very close relationship, but now it's for a purpose, as the word Laman, the next word, is going to explain. Why has God come to know and choose the nation of Avram? In order that He will command His children and they their children after Him. They will keep the way of God. To do justice and righteousness. In order that God will bring upon Avram Avinu that which He said about Him. What did God say about Him? that he would become a great nation and bring blessing to all mankind. What's so important about this Pasuk, it's not saying that God knows that Avram is going to do this. Rather, it says that God has come to know him in order that he will do this. In other words, Avram is chosen towards a goal, towards a purpose, to be a model nation representing God. As we saw in the story of the flood, God would like all mankind to be just and upright. Man tends to sin. His society tends to become corrupt. God wants a model nation that their very character will be one of following the way of God. And what is the way of God? Doing tzedakah mishpat. This idea reverberates throughout the entire Tanakh, especially in the later prophets, as in Yishayel and Yirmiyel. This type of behavior is exactly Avram Avinu in Elonei Mamre. This is the behavior of Avram Avinu in the story of Achnasat Orchim, together with the angels. And we're going to see that the story of Stom and Amorah is the exact opposite. Stom is going to be a city where there may be mishpat, but there's no tzedakah. And all through Nevi'im, whenever we find a reference to the city of Sdom and Amorah, it's always going to be in contrast to the theme of tzedakah and mishpat. In these three psukim, Chumash sets the background to understand the conversation that's going to ensue between God and Avram Avinu. So let's see this conversation, and then we'll understand why this background is so important. God tells Avram Avinu, even though it doesn't say that God's talking to Avram Avinu, we're going to prove it from that this must be God speaking to Avram, most likely through the senior Malach, through the senior angel. 
Yatars Avram Avinu, the crying out from Stom and Amorah is very great. The Chatatam Kikavdam Od, and their sin is very heavy. What is this crying out of Stom? Most of the commentators explain there's oppression in Stom. We have the very same words in the end of chapter 2 in Shemot that describes how Amisro being oppressed and enslaved by Egypt, they're crying out from that oppression. And God hears the cry of the oppressed. In fact, we're going to see many parallels between what happens in Perikutet and Perikutet and Breshit and the entire story of coming out of Egypt. Now listen carefully to what God continues now and tells Avram. I'm going to go down and see Hatsa'akata Haba Elai Asu Kala God is not saying here, I'm going to destroy stone. God is saying something very different. He's saying, I'm going to go down and see. God is saying, I'm going to go down and check it out to see is this crying out that's, that I'm hearing, is it beyond repair or maybe not? And then, and then I'll know. Notice the word again, the word ladat, to know. We had it in Pasuk Yutet. We're having it now and we're going to have it many times in chapter 19 as well. God is not telling Avram Avinu, I'm going to destroy the city of Sodom. And Avram's response is not going to be, oh, please don't destroy them because my nephew is there. Rather, God tells Avram Avinu, I'm sending my messengers to check out the city. And that's exactly what the two other angels are going to do. And what is he going to find out? Is the city of Sodom on repair? Yes or no? Keep this point in mind as we follow the conversation between God and Avraham. Pasach Chabet, verse 22, the men who Abraham had accompanied to the door had now turned from there and they went on their way to stone. Yet Avram remains standing in front of God. Again, as Rashbam points out, he's talking to the senior visitor, the third one. Two of them go to stone. The third one representing God is the one that continues this conversation with Abraham. Avram approaches and petition the senior visitor and he says as follows, are you going to destroy the righteous together with the wicked? As Avram is going to explain in a minute, Avram doesn't think that God would do something that's unjust. He's going to say, surely you would not do such a thing. But rather, Pasach Abdalad, Maybe there are 50 righteous men in the city. Would you still destroy the city and not forgive them for the sake of the 50 righteous that are living in their midst? Read this Pasach carefully. Avram is not saying, save the 50 tzaddikim in the city. He's saying, save the entire city for the sake of the 50 righteous. Pasach It's unthinkable that you would do such a thing. To kill a righteous with the wicked. And would the righteous have the same fate as the wicked? Surely, the judge of all mankind, the judge of all the land, surely would do something that's just. Avram is telling God, surely you're not going to destroy the righteous together with the wicked. That for sure you wouldn't do. But Avram is asking something else. Would you not save the entire city for the sake of the righteous? But there's a certain flaw in Avram's logic. Why can't Avram simply ask the obvious? Save the righteous and kill the wicked. Why is Avram asking to save the entire city for the sake of the righteous? Listen to God's response in Pasach HaVav. Vayomar Adonai, imem bistom chamishim tzadikim hamakom bavuram. God tells Avram, you're right. If I find 50 righteous men in stone, I will carry away my intention to punish them and I will save the entire city for their sake. Avram continues in Pasach of Zayin. Vayan Avraham, Vayomar, Hinei nehaati ledeber el Adonai, Vanochi alfa ve'efer. 
Avram says, I've already begun to speak, or possibly maybe I've spoken too much already, and I'm only destined ashes, but maybe, maybe there'll be five less than the 50. Are you going to destroy the entire city because of five less? God promises him, I won't destroy the city, even if there's 45. There's no doubt that the question here is not whether God will save the righteous and punish the wicked. That's not the question at all. Avram says for sure that won't happen. And God agrees. Avram is asking for something totally different. Save the entire city for the sake of the tzaddikim. If you return to the original statement, back in Pasachaf, that God tells Avram Avinu about why he's sending these two men down to check out the city, that's exactly what he said. I'm not sure how bad it is. I'm going to check it out. And therefore, both God and Avram agree if everyone is wicked, the whole city is destroyed. If everyone is righteous, the whole city is saved. The question is going to be, how about if some of the people are righteous and some of the people are wicked? How many righteous people do I need in the city to save the entire city? There's a certain logic behind that request, which is, in essence, what Avram Avinu is all about. Because if there's 50 tzaddikim in the city, the hope is that those 50 tzaddikim can have an effect on their neighbors and maybe today there's only 50, but maybe tomorrow there'll be 60 and 70. Why destroy a city if there's hope to fix it? And this was the very idea that began with God's covenant with mankind after the flood, where he promises, I won't destroy all mankind again. I'll punish them locally here and there, but I'm never going to hit that reset button and start over again. And from that time on, the world that we're living in becomes not a world of perfection, but a world that needs to be perfected. A world of tikkun. Our creation is something that needs to be fixed, and it's man's job to fix it. Now, God is picking a nation, and the seed of that nation, and its forefather, is going to be Avram Avinu. And the very concept of Avram Avinu is exactly what this conversation is about. It's a conversation about how possible is it, and how realistic is it, that a small group of people can have effect on a larger group of people. If that interpretation is correct, then it's very understandable the transition psukim that we saw in verses 18 and 19, where Chumash explains to the reader why was it in the first place that God had chosen Avram. He chose him in order to begin a family tradition, to follow the ways of God, to be a model nation, to do tzedakah mishpat. And that's exactly the model that hopefully would prevent future cities like Stone. Avram is not a nation yet, and therefore it hasn't happened yet. But the message that Avram has to give to a son, who the Malachim had just told him in the first 16 psukim, that indeed he'll have within a year's time, the educational message that Avram is going to pass on to that son, to Yitzchak, and Yitzchak to the future generations, is going to be exactly the message of Pasuk Yotet, that is, for this purpose, for this goal, in order that he would do tzedek mishpat, that is the reason why God picked the special relationship. That's why he came to know his people. Out of love, he chose them to serve him. So let's see where this conversation ends. Pasach Haftet, verse 29. Avram continues to talk to God and says, Maybe we'll find there 40. And God answers, No, I will not destroy them even for the sake of 40. Avram continues and says, Please don't be angry, my Lord, and let me say something else. Maybe you'll find 30 righteous in the city. God answers, I won't destroy it, I won't do that, even if I find only 30. Avram doesn't give up. I'm going to continue to speak to God. Maybe you will find there 20. 
Vayomer lo ashchit bavor ha'esrim. And God answers like before, no, I won't destroy them even for 20. Vayomer. Avram tries one more time. Please don't be angry with me, my Lord. Let me ask one more time. Maybe you'll find there ten. God answers, I won't destroy even for ten. For some reason, Avram stops at ten. As we see in the next Pasek, in Pasek Lamed Gemol, God goes, again, we're following the Rashbam's explanation, that God here refers to the senior Malach, God leaves after he finishes speaking to Avraham. Avraham shavlim komo. Avraham returned to his place to Elamei Mamre. Why does Avraham stop at ten? In my opinion, I think this is a source of the idea of a minion, and I'll try to explain why. I need a minimum group. I need at least ten, what we call a minion. I need a chavra, a group, and one group can have an effect on a larger group. That's the concept of a nation representing God. One nation among many nations, set aside and chosen by God to act in a special way in the hope that other nations will see their behavior and hence to become a model that other nations can learn from. As we all know, Chazal learned Minyan not from this ten, but rather from the ten spies. But I think it's exactly the same idea and a much deeper concept when you appreciate the story of the Maraglim. In the story of the spies, the entire nation sins. But what leads to that sin of the entire nation? There's a group of ten leaders, ten of the twelve who go out to check out the land, and their leadership of a small group of ten people that brings an entire nation down. And just like ten tzaddikim can have a positive effect on an entire society and make an entire society worthy of being saved, in the same manner, ten people working together, showing bad leadership, they can bring down an entire nation. In general, throughout Tanakh, whenever someone prays to God, God usually answers that prayer, especially if that person is worthy. Here we see Avram insisting and praying to God, but it appears that God doesn't answer his prayer. But if you look carefully, Avram is not praying to save stone. God already said, I'm not going to destroy them if the city can be repaired. He says, I'm going to go down and check out the city. As we're going to see in tomorrow's Aliyah, these two men are going to go and check out the city and they're going to find there are not ten righteous men in stone. Lot may be righteous, as we're going to see, but no one else is. Avram's conversation and dialogue with God is about the very concept of one small group having an effect on a larger group. And in that conversation, Avram realizes that it's possible and even a group of ten can have an effect on a larger group. Avram's petition that we just read is not prayer in the classic sense, but rather it's clarification about the ways of God. But it's clarification not simply to know what are the ways of God, but to understand His ways in a manner that will affect His own behavior. It's that message and understanding, that's the message that He has to pass on to His son Yitzchak, and from Yitzchak to future generations, and that's exactly the background that Chumash has to tell the reader it was for this purpose that Avram was chosen in order that he command his children and they their children to be this model nation, to follow the way of God, by doing Tzedakah Mishpat. This theme will continue in our study of the next Aliyah, where we're going to see what's lacking in the city of Stone in contrast to the behavior of Avram Avinu.